You're listening to The View From Up Here, an equipping podcast by Viewpoint Leadership and Development. Our vision is to cultivate a change in the way the world views leadership and development. And our mission is to foster better leaders through a modern approach while developing individuals into their true selves. My name's Brad Walbridge, your host for our time together. And joining me in our conversations is our president and founder, Josh Trout, and our COO, Joel Archery. I want to welcome you back to The View from Up Here. Brad with you, joined by Joel and joined by Josh. Good to be with you guys. You know, one of the things that I wanted to do in an episode with just the three of us is I wanted to unpack, we've kind of done it a little bit in some of our episodes, but I wanted to unpack this idea of uh, the, the relational leader, the professional leader, there's an intersection there where we want to have that connection and that relationship with people that we are leading. Uh, but then we also have to recognize the professional boundaries that might be in place and mm-hmm. and vulnerabilities that we aren't necessarily necessarily able to have. So, Joel, thinking back over the years, people that let's start first with people that have led you mm-hmm. and what you've seen, good, bad leadership, whatever it is, um, have you seen that personal relational leader? Have you seen that done well? Yeah. And what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think back to, so when I was in ministry occupationally, right, so I, I started working for a church. Uh, prior to that, at that church, I was serving just as a volunteer, doing mm-hmm. music, leading music, leading teams, uh, leading the church, leading youth groups and stuff like that. And I was being mentored by who would then become my boss. And he knew me, he knew my wrestles, he knew my struggles, he knew all of the stuff that I was, I was working through in my life. Mm. And then it shifted to, okay, now this person is not just invested in the personal mm. aspect of my life, but my professional aspect of my life. Um, and that was a switch that I had to make, and he also had to work to make too, because we just were both kind of learning that as well. He had had people um, that he was over top of, what we've talked about, you know, you can influence, but you're not responsible for it because they work for you. So it was, we were both learning how to do this as best as possible. And he would even himself admit and would say even then was, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect at this. I'm, I'm still learning how to lead you as your boss, but also as your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were moments where he would be more personal and, and let me know. He would even say, yeah, he, would, he wrestled with anxiety and he would have panic attacks. And so he was on medication and he was letting me know that. And it wasn't saying, I can't let the person that I'm a boss over know that I have panic attacks because we were also not just mentor, mentee, but friends mm-hmm. uh, who loved each other. And so it was, it was him letting me know that. But also then, you know, when we had to switch gears to say, hey, this is how we need to approach next Sunday or this coming season. This is what I need from you. These are the goals that I need to see from you. Um, it wasn't like, well, hey, you just told me you have panic attacks, so I don't have respect for you anymore. It was because he had built that relational aspect of men- mentoring me, but then also letting me know his life, but not too much, mm-hmm. right, to where I, I would lose respect. Because if you know everyone else, if you know every fault of the person who's over top of you in any way, it does become a little bit of like, where is the line of I'm learning, I need, I need you to give me more from that your side, and where is the okay, we're just kind of at the same level of, of people. And so I think he, he walked that line well as his first time. And I've kind of used that model a lot in my life of there's an element of we are all, we've said this before, we're, we're all humans just as much as everyone else that we're leading, right? So we can't act like we are less human, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense yeah. of we are, we're less fallen, we're less 
impacted by things in our life than the people that we lead. Um, but we also have to have moments where we can switch gears and we need to better prepare the people we lead to do that. And I think he did that really well. And so I've tried to emulate that. What would you say is different about you taking what he yeah. demonstrated to you, but then you kind of put your own spin onto it. Yeah. What if somebody who you are leading or that you've led would have that same conversation with me about what they've seen in you and experienced through you, what would they say is a little bit different about yeah. your style? I think, and so, you know, I, I'm going to see it as humbly as possible is, you know, I, when I tried it before, I also messed up and, you know, that's part of the reasons why I've had issues in my life is I typically go hundred percent for something and oftentimes will fall, but then I learn and I go, okay, that's not the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so at first I tried to go full into my spin, but it was too much. It was too, I am blunt. I can sometimes be brash. I can be a little too like, all right, here it is. Like, let's just get to it. Right. And not have the empathy that he had when he was leading me. And so I learned that to say, okay, I need to pull more from what he taught me because I am someone who's empathetic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can't just be known as someone who, although is kind, they, they, people know that I'm not being mean. I get things done. So, yeah. Okay. But eventually someone's going to take it wrong. And that's mm -hmm. all it takes is one person to take it really wrong. And then it's it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And then yeah. now you're known as that person. Yeah. Uh, and so nowadays I try to always show people that as serious as I'll take life and the work that we do, I never take it completely seriously because at the end of the day, nothing, there's always something else that matters more than what we're doing, which is our relationship with the Lord, which is our relationship with people. It's not the business. The business right. isn't the most important thing in our lives. Mm -hmm. right. uh, and because I've showed people that, they always have that in the back of their minds to where if I ever have a moment where I'm too hard, I have built that relationship capital to where they know, okay, yeah, it's not that. He's not, mm -hmm. he's not a mean person. Yeah. Josh, mm -hmm. when, you, when you think back over your uh, years, I'm going to take it kind of the opposite end of it. And you think back about people that have led you that it's been too professional. Mm -hmm. It's been too cold, maybe. Um, what, that's what, never happened before. What, <laughs> what that's been like for you, where, where you have found yourself saying, I wish they were, I wish they were more personal. Not, yeah. not you know, filleting themselves open, right. but I wish they were more personal yeah. in understanding yeah. me and maybe being vulnerable with me mm -hmm. as we do this yeah. this together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I can think back uh, just within the last uh, so many years that I had a leader um, that uh, when I first got into my, my role as an executive for the very first time, um, that I was looking to be a mentor, right, to me, that I knew that I was young and I had a lot to learn. Um, and I was excited to get in this new role. I was nervous. I was scared, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, being vulnerable. I was extremely scared um, because I wanted to do it right and I wanted to do it well. But I knew that I, I didn't know everything and I needed someone to help walk me through that. And uh, at that time, I had a leader that uh, I was counting on to be that. And uh, I, I even verbalized that to, to him. And uh, unfortunately, we just did not align with what leadership looked like. Mm -hmm. uh, he was very old school on the way he did things. Um, you know, not saying there's not reasons to, to his why he was like that, um, but just completely against who I am and what I am. And he, instead of helping me and mentoring me and helping to mold me in the right way, he uh, he he um, justified my my thoughts of that type of leadership as being wrong mm -hmm. and not beneficial to others, right? Um, so if, for an example, I was told that, you know, do not 
have connections with your employees. Mm. You know, do not uh, uh, let them have a say. Mm. Do not listen to them. Um, and I'm sure that maybe there, there's some of that came from being burnt in the past. Um, but that was just completely um, wrong in my eyes. Mm. So I felt like at that time where it was such a um, vital time in my life and my career that I wanted to learn and be mentored by somebody, it wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to unfortunately go and unpack things myself and had to try things and fail and learn from my own failures to, to make myself better. So um, that played a huge role in making things hard for me, mm-hmm. but also in the long run, right? We talk about seasons, that yeah. season I'm out of now, I realized it also helped me mm-hmm. how not to be like him. Yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So as you lead people now, how, how has that fueled the way and shaped the way that oh, you lead people now? hundred percent. I mean, it really did. Um, it is about being truthful and honest with everybody. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not saying you have to lay out all your, your junk, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of stuff that we all have and, and you have to have that level of professionalism, you know, and you got to be careful in what you say and what you do. But I have learned that vulnerability is so vital to successful leadership. And I mean, how many times we've talked about yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, and your listeners are probably tired. Yeah. He says it all the time. Well, it's, it, it's true because mm-hmm. I've been burnt before and I have somebody like him that I look to as a leader uh, and a mentor that, that was not vulnerable and I knew how I felt. Right. So I don't ever want one of my employees to feel the way I felt. Mm-hmm. So I have made it a priority of mine to do the complete opposite of what he showed me Yeah, and to be an open <clears throat> book to a certain extent to my employees, asking that for in return by them so we can truly understand one another and what, how we, what makes us tick, mm-hmm. what's our why, you know? Um, and then together, not me telling them what they're gonna do, but together come up with a game plan that's gonna be best for them, best for me, but ultimately best for the organization. Does that make yeah, sense? absolutely. Now, so as we say all that, Joel, thinking back to who's influenced you and how you lead now, what is the risk that you have to be willing to take as a leader to take those steps and to, to implement that kind of more relational leadership yeah. and, and while also being professional the ways that you need to be. Yeah. What, what are, what's the risk that you need to be willing to take? Well, you, the second something leaves your mouth, the second you act in any way in, in a relational aspect in, a, in that context, so one-on-one, one-on-many, once something leaves you, you are now unable to control it. Right, because it's no longer you Great that's point. saying it. Right, so it's it leaves your off your office and enters theirs, and it's now up to them to mm-hmm. do with it. Right, mm-hmm. and so that's the hardest part is because it takes not only all the intention right we've talked about with many of the guests that we've had on this podcast, all the intention to think through. Okay, planning. What am I going to do? How am I going to say it? How to think of the context? Think of the people. All right, go. You say it. Now it could literally crash and burn because of them. Not because of anything you did. You did mm-hmm. all the right things. Mm-hmm. You did the relational thing. You, we did, you did the balance of personal and professional perfectly, as best as you could in the right context. And it just crashed because they did not like it. Or they, mm-hmm. they let's say it's not the leader that was a bad leader who says you, what you're doing is wrong. It's someone underneath, which you have a lot. We've talked about with the people on the podcast. A lot of these generations are like, I could do it better, or I don't like that that way. And you just say, 
okay, well, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to yeah. go, and that's, that's a great point. But you have to then continue to do what you can to, as mm-hmm. you know, so if we're, we're going to go to Scripture, Romans says, live at peace as much as it depends on you with everyone you interact with. So it means once, whatever, when it comes back into your office, you then have to interpret it, respond to it as best as possible that lives in a way that's peaceable with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hardest part is because you send something out and you hope it goes well. And if it doesn't go well, it's not like, okay, you can just write it off and be done. You still have to then take it back mm-hmm. and then respond well and keep going. And it's like this ping pong tennis match mm-hmm. of you you send a great thing to them and they give you the worst return and you're like, I still have to keep it in bounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And I think that's one of the hardest parts about being a leader is that's how it can get exhausting. Mm-hmm. Is you send a great serve, it's in bounds, it's perfect. And they send the worst return, and you're like, "Great, well, I still have to keep it in bounds." Like you're not allowed to let their yeah. their return go out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. you got to run the other side of that and catch your own shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you take the risk, you speak. Those words come back, mm. unfortunately, to haunt you. Josh, how do you not get bitter yeah. and think, "All right, well, I can't do that ever again." How do you how do you not just put the wall up? in full transparency. Yeah. Right after it happens, you do put a wall for about 30 seconds. Okay. You are bitter for about 30 seconds. Well, sure. And guess what? As leaders, yeah. that's okay. But that should be in private. That should be by yourself, right? Or talking to your mentor. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need to let it go, right? Because you're not going to please everybody. You're not going to do the right thing all the time. Um, and there are things that even when it's coming from a good place, it's going to backfire on you, mm-hmm. right? Um, once you get over yourself, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we all going to be there. Uh, you need to take a look at the situation at hand, and you have to strategize how am I now going to navigate this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, because again, in that first thirty seconds, you've made it about you. Mm-hmm. Again, that is okay. We all have to have our moments where we got to cry, be mad. I've thrown an orange before in my office. Not proud of that, right? Orange? Those of you that are listening know that they're all laughing. I'm sure at this point. Um, that was an Why inside an joke. I, I just, that's what I had in my hand. Apples, at the time. If, if that's what's sitting there, I had an though. orange in my hand at the time. It could, it, orange it is just, not it, one of my practical moments. But anyways, no, the orange could be appealing. It, it, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Um, <laughs> you yeah. are funnier with a beard. You are funnier with a beard. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but Not no, really. it, it's, you know, you have that selfishness at that moment, but then now you have to remember that, okay, now it is again not about me and that I have to take a look at who I affected, even though it was not necessarily on purpose, mm-hmm. and understand their why on that. And now I got to, I got to make the, the change myself to adapt to work through that with that particular person or persons. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, and I think it, one of the things that you mentioned, the mentor piece, mm-hmm. is something that we, we seem to come back and, and lightly touch on. Mm-hmm. I do think that we need to unpack that significantly in, a, in an episode in the future. Yes, absolutely. But Joel, talking about the idea of intentionally having someone, maybe that's not necessarily a counselor. Let's just say yeah, in yeah, the business yeah. world, maybe not connected in the same corporation um, or organization, someone that you are completely open with in your leadership style and you put yourself under their words, their authority to speak into how you're leading. Can can you talk to and speak to what that's looked like over the years for you? It was really interesting because I was having this thought, uh, I think it was this morning, I was thinking about 
philosophical, but it, it has to do with leadership and everything. It's that um, it's that everything is an interpretation of something else, right? So it's, there's nothing new under the sun, but in the sense like art needs art the same way leadership needs leadership. Something has to be inspired by a pre-existing version of itself or the source of it for it to then exist, right? You don't you don't have art without seeing creation. You don't have leadership without seeing the first the first and best leader, right? Mm-hmm. And so you don't have a better interpretation of how you could live without having someone else who could speak into that. Right. And I think that's the way that we we have to view mentorship and that's how I've I've done that in my own life. And it's hard because you don't always like what people say, right? And, and to be the better interpretation of what you want to be, you need someone who does not think you're the coolest person in the world, yes. right? And that person, by nature of not thinking you're the coolest person in the world, is not going to tell you everything you want to hear. Yeah. And I, it doesn't always have to be someone who is a mentor. It could be a peer who is more established than you. So f- for an instance, that's kind of how Josh and I created a, this relationship I saw him as someone who is way further along in the career that I want to be in, not necessarily healthcare, but as a leader. Mm-hmm. And I would just say things to him and he would affirm what I was saying, but also give me pushback. And I was like, I, that's what I need. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, I don't think you get inspired to lead better, right? Because if you're only told by a poor leader that what you're doing is terrible, yeah. you're not inspired. It's yeah. the same thing with as a musician. As, as a songwriter myself, I don't write better songs when I... Put them, like, if you were just like the only critic and you every time I give you a song, you're like, this is the worst. I'm never going to be inspired to write a song. Also, if everything I told you, it presented you, you said it was the best thing you've ever heard, then I would never write a really great song because I would just, I would write a good song and you'd say, this is perfect. Right. And I would never want to get better. Right. And so having someone who you can go to who says, great, not great, you have to have that, regardless of industry, regardless yeah. of age. But find someone who is older, who is more established in what you want to do or who you want to be so that you can become a better interpretation. Because that's a good leader. We've talked about it. Good leaders want you to be better than them. And so that's what means to be a better interpretation of that person, of that leadership. And can I ask something real quick? And I think that this is not something that's just recommended you have to do this. Yeah, if you no, truly, it's, a, it's a critical. Yeah, yeah if, if you want to be a good leader, right? And it's if it's truly about others and not about yourself. Yeah, I think that's one big. Well, piece, it's right? yeah. like songwriting is the same. Yeah, you got it. If you, you want to be the best, this is not an option. You yeah. have to have these moments. You have to have these people in your life to kind of put you in your place at times. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, because you're not going to grow if nope. you do not have. It's just not going to happen. It's right. Not gonna it happen. can't be your mom. No, <laughs> your mom. Yeah. So it's the intentionality of pursuing someone mm-hmm. for that role, to, you know, to be in that role for you. But then it's also the intentionality of making yourself humble before them. Yes. Yeah. To yeah. be able to hear what they have to say and be able to put into practice what they're saying. Yeah. So speaking of putting into practice, you know, our, we've got great sponsors mm-hmm. that have put great business practices into play. I think we've got some. Zoom in right on this. Yeah. Right on this, Matt. Moncaster. Moncaster Financial Group. Great friend of the What's podcast. inside of it? Synergy Coffee, fueling Synergy Coffee. the View From Up Here podcast since its inception. That's wonderful. It is. Wonderful. It's great stuff. I turn, I well, guys, thanks for talking through that for a little bit. I know we're going to get into mentoring in a future episode, and we'll, we'll really unpack that, give you a lot of pr- practical um, tips on how to do that. Uh, if Viewpoint can be 
of help to you. We want you to reach out. We've got our information uh, in the show notes. Feel free to do that. Look forward to being with you in our next episode. So for Brad and for Joel and for Josh, been good being with you. Thank you.